This is Michael Osterlink, and I'm joined today by Sheila Weinberg and Bill Burke, Truth and Accounting. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Bill. Hi, Mike. How you doing today? Hi, Mike. We're doing great, thanks. So you guys have put out an amazing DOD audit report card, which we will get into. But before we do, you guys do a lot of other budget areas from city to state, other federal agencies. Can you kind of give us a background on yourselves and some of the areas that Truth and Accounting works on? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, we uh, we work on, as you said, federal, state, and local uh, government budgeting and accounting issues. But before we even get into the numbers and the nitty-gritty detail, you know, we just like to point out that we really think that this is not just a numbers game. Uh, we believe that our citizens don't have the financial information they need to be knowledgeable participants in their governments. Um, so, for example, State governments have balanced budget requirements, so you would think that they're living within their means, but on an annual basis, we do a financial state of the states, and we find that despite these balanced budget requirements, the states, um, 40 states are have money that they need to pay their bills. Um, so um, we really believe our representative forms of government are being hurt because citizens are making tax and spending policies, and also um, voting decisions based upon the wrong financial information. So we go ahead and try to uh, educate the citizens and their elected officials about the true financial condition of our governments. So for example, you can go on our truthinaccounting.org website and get the, uh, the debt clock, which shows the reported debt of $22 trillion, but then um, the higher true de debt number um, which is more than $100 trillion if you add the promises and liabilities for Social Security and Medicare. And then uh, we actually started in the federal area, but then people encouraged us to work in states. So we have, uh, as I mentioned, we uh, do the financial state of the state. We just issued our 10th annual financial state of the state. Uh, your listeners can find that at, um, at statedatalab.org, uh, which is an awesome website that you can click on your own state, you can find you know, the true financial condition of that, but also there's a feature there that you can create your own charts. And once we were doing the financial state of the states, um, people requested that we move down to the cities. So for the last three years, we've done the financial state of the cities, which again, people can get um, information about that from our statedatalab.org website. Um, so again, it has each city's of the 75 most populated cities financial state um, report. Uh, plus, again, you can compare states um, on not just our data, but on um, more than 400 other data points. And then just recently, we just added a tab for federal uh, to um, dive more deeply into um, the financial information of the federal government. And on our Treasury Accounting website is where you would find our Department of Defense um, Advisory Council tab where you can get information about our work uh, with the federal government and the Defense Department. Which we definitely want to do a dive into. But before we go there, how easy is it for you to get the financial information from the various states, your state of the state reports, and from the localities? Are there any transparency concerns that you guys in terms of gathering this information? Well, that is why we started doing the financial state of the state, because there was massive um, 
uh, massive uh, opaqueness um, on the part of state and local governments. They weren't putting their full pension liabilities on their balance sheets or their retiree health care liabilities. So we had to dig through their annual financial report and uh, their actuarial reports to get the true financial condition of the governments. Uh, you'll remember Enron got into trouble because they didn't have all their liabilities on their balance sheet. And the state and local governments were um, doing the same thing. But we do have good news in that area. Um, in 2015, the state and local governments um, had to start putting their pension liabilities on the face of their balance sheets. And just this year, as uh, state and local governments issued their financial reports, um, they had to put their uh, retiree health care liability on their balance sheet. So your listeners can go to their local or state governments and find their comprehensive annual financial report, which is audited, um, and it will show you a, a pretty good picture. It's not perfect. We still have some issues with it, but it's a pretty good picture of the true financial condition of your government, including those net pension liabilities and the net retiree health care liabilities. Which uh, states are more fiscally sound and which ones are less fiscally sound? Are there winners and losers? Yeah, we have in our um, financial state of the state, which you can get a full report off of our, our, our statedatalab.org website, um, we have um, a, a ranking um, and we, we identify um, five sinkhole states and five sunshine states. So the sunshine states that are actually ahead of the game are Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming, Utah, and Idaho. And our sinkhole states, um, uh, the, the worst one is New Jersey, then our home state of Illinois comes in second, then Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Hawaii. Okay. <clears throat> well, I definitely encourage folks to check out statedatalab.org for all that information. Let's, uh, let's move to the federal government. And actually, before we go to DOD, you mentioned besides the $22 trillion of national debt, there's actually $100 trillion that is actually owed. Can you break that down a little bit? Yeah. So, um, on, again, on our website, on State uh, Truth and Accounting, we have a debt clock, which um, your listeners can click on, and it goes to the uh, detail of the um, of the um, how, how the numbers. Um, we have the reported um, debt of 22 trillion dollars, but people have to remember that on the federal government's balance sheet, they do not include a liability for Social Security and Medicare. Um, so, it, and the reason for that is because. The, their standing position is that they, the federal government does not owe anybody Social Security or Medicare benefits beyond the checks that are currently written. Um, so they no, don't include it in their liabilities. Um, but Bill, since you're at your computer, can you go um, into those uh, detailed specific numbers um, for uh, the debt clock? Uh, sure. You know, we, we, we count up roughly $4 trillion in assets that are reported on the balance sheet, but on the other side of the coin, we've got the publicly held debt as a liability of 16 trillion or so that's on the balance sheet of the federal government. And so are the um, unfunded uh, veteran and retiree um, 
pension health care liabilities, and those are roughly $8 trillion. Those are on the books, along with other liabilities like accounts payable of various sorts of almost $2 trillion. What's not on the federal government's balance sheet, is, as Sheila mentioned, are the unfunded Medicare obligations, which we calculate at $40, $49 trillion, almost $50 trillion of obligation that we believe should be considered a liability and on the balance sheet of the federal government. And we also have uh, $35 trillion or so of unfunded Social Security obligations. And as, as Sheila mentioned, those aren't on the balance sheet. And the, the reasoning is very curious. The government um, claims that uh, the, the government controls the law and can change it at any time, which um, implies in turn that, uh, that that's why they say these are not liabilities of the government. But whether or not American citizens um, believe that they're owed this money is another question. Well, you know, it, at a future time, it would be interesting to have you guys back to kind of do a deeper dive into that, because um, obviously that has to be dealt with. What, what, whatever the federal government says or not, uh, that still has to be dealt with, whether they have it on their books or not. But so thank you for that. It's, it's interesting to, to note that you guys work at the local, the state, and the federal level. Um, I'd like to transition and have a conversation with you guys about the DOD audit. Um, for, some, for some background, it might be interesting for our listeners to understand that there's a law passed in 1990 called the Chief Financial Officers Act, which required all federal agencies to be audited. audited. Uh, the Department of Defense finally did a full audit in 2018, only 28 years later. Federal government, federal agencies actually don't have to comply with the law. They, they can extend over 28 years, at least in terms of the DOD, uh, uh, and continue to fail to comply with the law. But in November 15th of 2018, the DOD did issue their annual agency financial report. It's the first ever full scope department wide financial statement audit. We can thank former Comptroller David Norquist, a great ally, actually. I would say probably one of the first true fiscal conservatives to uh, head up that effort successfully. Uh, you guys did an amazing thing. You guys did a DOD audit report card, tracking deeply and doing a deep dive into the agency financial report. Um, you guys used uh, six different criteria and came up with four sub-agencies that did well, acknowledging that the four major branches did not do so well. So could you guys just kind of do a background on your audit report card, talk to us about the criteria you used, the winners and the losers, quote unquote, uh, from your from your report card? Uh, yeah. Sure, Michael. You know, Bill and Go ahead. His, yeah, Bill and his team uh, did a great job on it, and so I will uh, let him uh, discuss that in more detail. Uh, sure, Michael. Yeah, the Defense Department is one of our biggest uh, elements of our federal government, and one thing that's interesting behind the scenes, I don't know how many of your listeners might know or not know, that the federal government of the United States has produced its annual financial report in its current format since 1998. And that annual financial report includes financial statements, which are required to be audited, just like private sector companies. But the the, the federal government has effectively flunked the annual audit every year since since 1998. The, um, the auditor, which is the Government Accountability Officer, GAO, has issued a disclaimer of opinion every year since 1998, which is the kind of thing that doesn't help you if you're in the private sector. 
but the, 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 one of the main reasons is the Defense Department. The Defense Department has not certified, as you noted, that it, that it was ready for an audit until last year. And, and last year, though, they finally, with a lot of hard work and a lot of money being spent, they, they got into the audit process and went through a full department-wide audit that was pretty expensive. But uh, the main point that we see is that it's a step in the right direction. Um, there's a debate whether or not it's, it's cost-effective or not. It, it, if you count the uh, amount of money expected to be spent to try to fix the problems that have been identified, they may spend more than a billion dollars um, on, on this process. So it's, it's still an open question if it was really cost-effective, but at least it's a step in the right direction. Time will tell if it, if it becomes a valuable element, and time will tell very soon. We're, we're going to actually have the second year of these results um, out uh, at least uh, perhaps even as early as mid-November this year or in about a month. And we're going to be able to see the progress or lack thereof that's been made across the department. What we did in developing the audit report card was trying to um, help citizens understand this massive <laughs> document that led to the agency financial report and the audit process itself. And we developed a criteria for ranking 21 different DOD component entities and the Department of Veteran Affairs as part of that process um, and, and have a defensible sort of mechanism for uh, ranking all those entities from top to bottom. And as you noted with the states, there are um, some, some states are good examples for others and others kind of fall behind. And that was the goal of the report card to um, identify the leaders and the, the folks with uh, lessons for others. Uh, and among those, I believe the Army Corps of Engineers is a very good example of um, someone that the rest of the Defense Department can learn from. They've had a clean opinion for years on their own financial statements. Others that did relatively well were the Military Retirement Fund, the uh, Defense Contract Department, and the uh, Defense Finance and Accounting Service. Uh, so these are all good actors on our on our metrics. We have seven different criteria on which we ranked the and, and we we scored and ranked all those component entities based on their overall audit opinion, which uh, may be either modified or unmodified. The clean opinion is unmodified or adverse, or the final um, category is the one that is troublesome, is that disclaimer of opinion when the auditor says we can't even give you an opinion because we can't, we can't make heads or tails out of the financial statements. And that, that's the type of opinion that the department as a whole has received, for, as well as the, um, many of the component entities. So the overall audit opinion has the heaviest weighting in our criteria. We also have uh, a criteria on waiting for how accessible the financial statements and audit opinions are at the front page of the website of the of the component entity. We believe that that's a, a sign that uh, these folks are emphasizing the importance of this process, and we rank them on whether or not citizens and taxpayers can can get to those statements and, and the audit opinion and how evident it is or not on the on the front page of the website. We also count the number of uh, findings and recommendation notices, or NFRs, as well as the NFRs that were reissued after not being addressed in the past, um, the number of identified, quote, material weaknesses, another category of um, problems identified by auditors, and in turn, the number of uh, instances of uh, identified noncompliance with law and regulation. And finally, the seventh criteria is how, how timely the audit opinion is. And, and we, we, we count things up for all 20 entities and 
rank them from top to bottom and assign uh, the weights and scores and and rank finally the the entities and we we see the as I mentioned the military retirement fund which um, has a, a clean uh, accounting audit opinion for itself that doesn't mean it's well funded however the uh, military retirement fund has uh, uh, just like many of the state and local government pension plans a woefully underfunded um, obligation to pay future benefits to the veterans uh, the uh, another example of a, a clean opinion that isn't necessarily a good thing is the defense contract audit agency which uh, it's good to see that the agency regarding defense contracting gets a, a clean opinion for its own affairs but um, it's the failure of many other elements of the defense department to adequately uh, live up to the uh, dictates of the DCAA that uh, lead the, the the problem of something called improper payments. How do we count, manage, and uh, rectify the possibility that the Defense Department, like other elements of the government, may be making more payments than it's required to? That's a, that's underneath the surface there. And then the you know the other model entity. I, I encourage anybody to go take a look at the the website and the the financial leadership of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which is. Um, my favorite <laughs> reporting entity within the within the Defense Department for for good examples. On the flip side, however, the four of the lowest ranking component entities of the DoD, which has lots of different component entities, the, the four of the lowest ranking were the U.S. Uh, Air Force, the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, and the U.S. Marine Corps. All all four of those entities scored low on their um, performance on the audit. Uh, they're also very, you know, large entities, but we believe that um, that should make uh, accounting more important, not less important. And and our our goal is to watch them this year, uh, and with the new audit results coming out, and we're hoping that they can rise through the rankings. Yeah, and you know, as a CPA, um, you know, I'm very familiar with audit opinions and uh, disclaimer opinions in the auditing world uh, in it which means that you know, they flunk the audit or their information is in such bad shape that the auditors can't even audit it. Um, those are very, very rare in the private sector. Um, and in the private sector, they would ask, you know, I, I would be so bold to say that they, you know, they're the kiss of death. You know? <laughs> if you got such an opinion, you know, the SEC would probably be looking at you, the IRS would be looking at you, um, you wouldn't be able to get loans from your banks. Um, it would be um, a very disastrous thing, um, and you know. And also, I, I you know, I you know, I believe that if a defense contractor um, received a uh, flunked their audit, got a disclaimer opinion, um, that you know, the Defense Department and the um, and the um, Congress would probably be looking at them, going, "Hey, what what are you doing?" But for some reason, um, it is acceptable for. The Defense Department as a, a total entity, which is the largest, you know, part of the federal government, uh, to get this disastrous opinion. Let me ask you guys to kind of do audit 101. When they say they audited the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, Marines, the totality of the Department of Defense, or component entities, what, is, what are they actually doing? So there's a few things that they do. Um, you're, you're taking me back to many years ago when I used to be an auditor for a short time. Um, but you know what? What we do is we, you know, auditors go ahead and you, you know, the uh, entity, say, you know, a corporation 
provides the auditor with their balance sheet, with their income statement, then, you know, uh, for example, like cash. So, um, all right, uh, do you have supporting documents? You say the balance is, say, $10,500. Do you have a bank statement and a bank reconciliation that, that agrees to that number? Do you have supporting documents that support the numbers that are on your balance sheet and income statement? Um, and I know that has been very problematic in the Defense Department, um, especially in relation to their capital assets. Um, I know when I first read the um, federal audit, which um, if you have listeners who are accountants or CPAs, um, um, I, I would encourage them to go read this disclaimer opinion. It, it, it's a very interesting, because I say it's so unusual in the private sector, um, it's a very interesting read. and. One thing I was shocked when I first read it in relation to capital assets is they, in essence, said that they couldn't account for the capital assets, 50, more than 50% of the assets they couldn't account for physically, they didn't know where they were, um, logistically, um, or financially, um, they didn't know what the number, you know, how they came up with the valuation. Um, and then the other thing that the auditors do will do a test of transactions, so they will do, um, you know, pick a sample of transactions and make sure that those transactions have gone through um, the proper internal controls um, to, uh, to proper con internal controls to uh, as they went through the process. Um, and, and then at the federal level, because you have laws that you have to comply with, um, the auditors are also checking to see that um, you know, as a transaction is as happening, um, are the applicable laws um, also being followed? Um, so that uh, that gives you an idea. Um, do you have any more specific questions on that, Michael? Or is that does that do you think that gives your listeners a good idea? When it comes to the assets, then are you talking about for for instance the Navy, the number of ships, all the way down to the number of boots? I mean, like what are what? Yes, yes, they're getting, yeah, you know, they're getting very detailed, you know, again, again, just like a corporation, they have to account for their, their buildings, they have to account for the cars that they have, they have to account for the computers they have, and yeah, you can say that the federal government and the Defense Department is a very large organization, um, but, you know, they just, you know, just like, you know, the Fortune 500 companies, they have to account for all these things that, you know, the federal government should have those, the same um, procedures. So, you know, and again, you're accounting them for not just accounting for them, but you're accounting for them to make sure they're secure. Um, you know, can, you know, are they, uh, can, um, can, you know, are they accessible, you know, to fraud and theft um, and uh, other, other issues that might come along. Interestingly, within within the idea about um, complying with the law or not, I think it's appropriate to consider what is the most important or fundamental law underlying um, our concerns and and the concerns about the DODs and the federal government's accounting. And that's a statement and account clause in the United States Constitution. We have a constitution that directs our government, which is effectively not our our king or our tyrant, but our our servant, to report to the people about the. Um, the public money, all public money, and provide a regular statement and account. And yet, here we are with 20 years of disclaimer opinions on on the overall financial statements for our federal government, led by um, the weaknesses in the accounting in the Defense Department. So we're we're concerned, but we're it looks like we're making progress, and we we hope to see it continue. Well, thank you for doing what you guys do in terms of your DoD auto report card, as you guys mentioned. The second round should be coming out. This is 
uh, within a month or so, month and a half, in November of 2019. Uh, so we look forward to seeing what the Department of Defense comes out with for their second year. And uh, hopefully, based on your criteria, we'll have a couple more uh, component agencies that are that are doing well. Uh, and hopefully, the four that you mentioned, the Military Retirement Fund, Defense Financial and Accounting Services, Defense Contract Audit Agencies, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers are good and useful models to the other component entities, and they can raise themselves up to those same higher standards. Uh, where can folks learn more about truth and accounting uh, in general and specific to your DOD audit report card? Um, so you can go to our truthandaccounting.org website, um, and uh, that, that will direct you to under resources. We have a um, pull down that says uh, Defense Department Accounting Advisory Council, and that has this report. Um, but obviously, our, our website has additional inf information. And then Bill, um, Bill Bergman, uh, who's on the call, does a, provides a great um, service where every day he aggregates um, federal, state, and local government accounting and budgeting issues um, stories. Um, if, the, if any of those issues have been in the press, he uh, puts those in to what, what we call morning call. Um, and he sends that out on a daily basis. And we also use it to announce, for example, when we announced our financial state of the states last week, we use that as a tool to inform people about that. So people can go on the bottom of our website and uh, sign up for a morning call and get that um, on a daily basis. Fantastic. And you guys are also on social media. How can they find you on Twitter? Uh, let's see. Yeah, we're on Twitter as well as uh, as Facebook. Oh. Just a second. I figured out where I can find that. Yeah, so just go to uh, Truth and Account. It's, it's Truth and then I-N-A-C-C-T is our handle on Twitter. Truth, I-N-A-C-C-T. Great. And we do have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel, um, so you can. Uh... Great. Well, Sheila and Bill, thank you from Truth and Accounting. Keep up the great work. It's uh, a very eye-opening conversation, both at the state, local, federal, and the DoD, which is obviously part of the federal government level of things. Um, sounds like we as taxpayers need to be more awake. Uh, to the fact that uh, we have some major, major financial issues ahead of us, and if we don't deal with that, we're in deep trouble. Thanks for your work, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for your interest, Michael. We appreciate it.